I'm Hemant Mehta. This is Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. And we're here today with Stephanie Drury, who is the creator of the fantastic Facebook page and Twitter account and all things associated with it called Stuff Christian Culture Likes. So, uh, Stephanie, we'll just start off. Why? What's wrong with Christian culture? What? What is this type of stuff that Christian culture likes? Um, the, okay, the big problem with Christian culture is that it has the word Christian in it. And they're referencing <laughs> Christ, you know, who lived 2,000 years ago. And it has the, the evangelical Christian culture, at least here in America, I'm sure in many other parts of the world as well, but I kind of focus on North American Christian culture, has nothing to do, almost nothing to do with what the actual Jesus Christ taught and example, you know, the model he gave. So that's my big problem. If they would just leave the word Christian out of it, I wouldn't have any kind of problem that I'm like, oh, I have to do something. (laughs) But they claim to represent all Christians, and that includes you, right? And that's what you have an issue with? Yeah, I, I, but I don't even call myself a Christian, but I, I mean, I'm kind of in this weird space where I'm open to a lot of stuff, and some of it resonates to me really a lot, but I don't call myself a Christian, um, probably because of the, <laughs> the association with people like this, who <laughs> do so much violence in, in the name of someone who was really great, you know, like, Jesus Christ was a nice guy, <laughs> so, like, don't let me in with all that, you know, it was kind of my thought. <laughs> so, so what are some of the worst examples of Christian culture that you've found? Um, I just really, lately, I'm really annoyed, to put it mildly, with the daddy-daughter dates, like that oh, phenomenon that's going on. The purity balls um, and the daddy-daughter dances. The purity balls, I mean, it's just, it's straight-up patriarchy that is, like, kind of in this Orwellian, like, slow, intravenous drip. Like, you don't notice what's going on. It's so evil, and it's so, you know, territorial, and you're treating females like property, and they're going along with it, you know? I think that the patriarchy um, being, having women go along with it and go, oh, this is good then. Okay, I'll just suck it up, and I'll I'll take this because God wants me to. Like, I'm just like, no! (laughs) No, don't do that. It's really, really bad. It hurts everybody. It's bad for guys and girls so well i i just maybe you just don't understand that jesus went to a daddy-daughter dance himself (laughs) i'm I'm sure that happened somewhere (laughs) yeah when he went to that you know prostitute at the well he told her like what the fuck are you doing here get the fuck away from me (laughs) 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 you're my property now i don't think that you should even be here (laughs) yeah explain to me the fascination so almost every friday night like i can set my clock to it (laughs) I will watch my Twitter account, and it happens every week, where you will start tweeting or retweeting people who are saying, I'm on a date with my hashtag hot wife. And you will yep. retweet like 10 of these, a dozen of these, and they're all Christians saying the same thing. Uh, you know, I'm on a date with my hot wife. It's my hot wife. It's always, the wife is always hot. And even creepier is yeah. that a lot of times they'll include the picture, so we can judge her hotness, I guess. <laughs> what is it about that particular thing one why is that a christian thing uh, specifically i guess or do do other people do that as well and why i mean i can take a guess but why does that bother you so much (laughs) oh um yeah it seems to be specifically in christian culture i think because christian culture is so about abstinence until marriage and then go 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 and you're (laughs) supposed to be okay with that or not just okay like excited about it so my theory is that men are like trying to convince themselves. Yeah, I'm glad I waited for marriage. Yeah, my wife is really hot. I'm really attracted to her. It's like that whole 
do you protest too much kind of thing. That's my theory. Um, well, and the, what, what bothers me... Question? Uh, part of what mm-hmm. bothers me about what you're saying is like when they tweet this stuff, they they have a picture like we're at dinner right now. Here's my hot wife, and the subtext is like I'm gonna bang her tonight, Oof. and that's yeah, creepy. Don't you wish you could? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same way people are like, look at my new car. It's so shiny and awesome. <laughs> like, look at my hot. It's it's a property thing, right? It's a like this one yes. is mine, or like your wife is hot. <laughs> Thank you. Like, no, you're. It's not a compliment to you. Ugh. It's just exactly, and, and but you know what's so interesting is I was talking with someone about this the other day, and she's like, you know, I grew up in Christian culture, and I was taught that being complimented, like that was like the best thing, like to be like you know a Proverbs thirty one wife who was you know your husband was proud of and was really hot, like you know it's it goes back to that misogyny that's being ingrained, and um, yeah, it's like it's like if you can be ex- excited to be you know treated like a piece of meat then then all the better for the patriarchy (laughs) so it's just really harmful for boys too i have a son and a daughter and i just uh, i just it's not good for either of them and i do um, i have to say it i think it goes beyond just christian culture though i think that's i mean Mm -hmm. i really wish i cared a lot less about what i looked like than i do and i did not grow up christian it's just being a girl Ugh, i don't like it yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, in Christian, you know, in Christianity, you're supposed to not care about, you know, Jesus was about what's in your heart, supposedly. So that's another example of Christian culture, like mixing up like the sacred ancient mysticism with the, you know, modern commercial culture. So that's well, kind of gross. Well, that kind of brings up an interesting point that I've always been baffled by is the fact that, you know, not to get into politics, but people on the right tend to be in religion and they're completely mm-hmm. fine with, like, cherry-picking the things that they want to. Like, they, they don't seem to care that mm-hmm. Jesus was super into caring for the poor. But mm-hmm. but they're willing to say, like, these other things are tenets of my faith. Why why do you think... But Jesus said nothing about homosexuality, but that's the thing we're going to yeah, harp on. this mm-hmm. is where we're going to plant right. our flag. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that yeah, is? I, it has... Okay. <laughs> it just drives me crazy, and I was thinking recently that if... We it's it's just following the Bible. If people turn to follow the the Bible, that has getting gotten everyone into trouble. Like if people just if Christians just followed Christ and like you know <laughs> throughout the Old Testament and throughout all you know the convoluted Christian culture stuff, I think that everything would be a lot better. Can you because Jesus talked about kindness and forgiveness and caring for the poor. Didn't say one word about gay people. Didn't say anything about treating women like property. You know. Well, can you explain to me the difference between somebody who follows the Bible and follows Jesus? Because in my in my Non, non- that's the brain. Yeah. To me, that's the same thing because yeah. everything we know because about Jesus is Jews from the Bible. Follow the Bible. I mean, I know you know. I I, I dig Judaism. I think that um, they like. I've been to um, a rabbinical service, and, and they they're so into questioning. Like the rabbi got up there, and he's like, "What do you think about this? This could be interpreted like this." Like it was like a conversation, and I feel like. Um, the, the Jews tend to, from what I understand, tend to lend a lot more credibility to people's own interpretation of this stuff, which I think um, is great because it's, you know, it's more like a democracy that way when there's a dictatorship, which is, which I feel Christian culture is kind of doing that, you know, say this is the, the inerrant word of God. Like that's when you get into trouble. It's like, you know what, if God's real, then couldn't he or she speak through whatever, you know, why would they need to pass down this one certain text, you know, that is limited and, you know, why would it, why would you absolutely have to believe the earth was created in six days? Well, it's kind of like God. I think that um, actual followers of Christ are pretty rare. 
I would have to say, I think it's just, it's so unchallenged. Like people just don't challenge it. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Okay, that's good. Um, so I have to think that, that it's just, you know, like I said, Orwellian kind of thoughts, like Brave New World stuff going on. But don't Christians, by definition, say they're followers of Christ? Like, what makes what makes yeah. them special compared to the non-follower? I mean, are right. there Christians who are not followers of Christ? I, I feel like no Christian would ever say, like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm <laughs> yeah, not super yeah. into Christ, I'm, though. See, it's so annoying to me is that it gets muddled up. Like, if you look at what Christ actually did and said, it is so different from what Christian culture says. Like, you know, if you, for example, if you look on Twitter at some random bio of someone who said they're a follower of Christ, you know, nine times out of 10, that person would think that it's a sin to be gay and that they don't help the poor. I bet you anything. So, um, yeah. Is that y'all's experience? What, what do you think about that sort of thing? I've, I've had the same exact experience. Like when they say follower of Christ, my head's thinking, oh, you're super conservative. Right. I know exactly where you mm-hmm. stand on many, many issues. And I think the mm-hmm. one that bothered me the most of, of all of these uh, there was this Christian like slam poet Jefferson Bethke who said yeah, who had this viral poetry. YouTube video that said you know I'm not a Christian I'm a follower of Christ it's like uh, that's that's the same <laughs> <laughs> the way you're describing it those are the same thing oh my god that thing was hilarious because the thing is it it's a nice idea to yeah. say that I can see why it resonates with so many mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. but when he actually talks about his ideas and by the way from that video he got a book deal from it when you read his book as well oh. it's the same <laughs> his ideas are no different than that of conservative Christians it's just framed oh. in this slightly different way I, I'm, I'm baffled by and it's especially yeah. as somebody like me personally I didn't grow up going to a church I didn't you know my community was largely Catholic but most of the people around mm. me were relatively conservative and I've just never gotten that link between like I believe in the teachings of Jesus except for like Fuck homeless people. <laughs> they dug their own grave. They can lie in it. I don't get it. I don't. Get, I don't get it. I don't yeah. know. And nor have yeah, I had anybody explain it to so me properly. Much and people are putting words in his mouth, and it's just so annoying <laughs> to put it mildly. It's like ah. Well, let me say this: when you going back to that topic of the hashtag hot wife thing, you're not you're not just doing it to to mock these people. You're doing it. Part of the reason I would think is you're trying to say stop just judging your wife on how she looks or how you think she looks. Um, you know, why isn't anyone using hashtag, you know, I'm on a date with hashtag my intelligent wife. No one ever seems yep. to say that. And what is I the response you what is the response you get from people you retweet and they know what you're doing. <laughs> they know you're mocking them and what do they say to you? Well, <laughs> do they do I they get the point? I heart no one ever writes me back after I retweet them. Like <laughs> like maybe one percent of the time they'll refollow they'll follow me or say thanks for the retweet. But like no one looks at what I'm doing. Like even right. with that rock and worship on Sundays, like no one ever like is embarrassed I'm calling them out or you know, like they just <laughs> right. don't and give it. We should <laughs> mention that on Sunday morning, speaking of setting my watch by it, on Sunday morning you do a similar thing where you say it's Sunday morning, time for rock and worship. And there's all these Christians tweeting about how rockin' their worship is because it's not uh, Jesus doesn't listen if your worship isn't rockin'. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> if this church ain't rocking, don't come knocking, Jesus. Right. There's, um, there's nothing less rocking than Christian worship. Like, <laughs> like they're just by definition, it's just absolutely uh, it's so kind, sad. I kind of really want to. I, really I kind of really want to go to one of those stadium 
stadium Jesus play, uh, churches. Churches is what people call them. The yeah. stadium churches. Like Joel Osteen's, which is in yeah. a former basketball oh. arena. Oh, he gives me the eebie-jeebies. I love him. Do you? I, I oh. enjoy what my mom loves watching <laughs> she does him. not. I can go home and visit <laughs> my parents. Really? And she's not Christian she's not in Christian. any sense of the word. But she will watch Joel Osteen because she likes his message. And I can understand that. But when you hear what, what I think what annoys me, and this is weird because it never happens anywhere else, mm-hmm. like Rick Warren, for example, I like listening mm-hmm. to him when he does interviews. Yeah. And his sermons like, mm-hmm. bother the hell out of me. Yeah. Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. his sermons are fine. Yeah. But when he does interviews, every time it's like, so Joel Osteen, what do you think about uh, gay marriage? I never think about these things. Well, what do you think about abortion? I don't I don't think about the. What do you I don't think, think about? about he doesn't think about anything. And yet everybody oh, follows exactly what he thinks. And everyone loves the guy. And here we are. <laughs> uh, no, I do have a secret. I really... And by the way, Joel Osteen, also hashtag hot wife apparently. Oh, does he? Um, because that's the one thing everyone seems to say about his wife. That's oh, yeah, that's go. true. Did you hear about how she threw a big tantrum on an airplane a couple of years ago? I did hear that Stewart once. Didn't bring her her stuff fast enough in first class. It was you have to Google it because it was insane. I want to look <laughs> that up. I do. I have to admit, I even though I went to public school, I love Christian music. Not all Christian music, but like. I, I grew up like singing rockin choir. Christian music not rockin or Christian hymns. music, like hymns and like this. I don't know why. I I think it's because I grew up singing in choir, and I just like the uh-huh. music that they play in churches. It's weird, but I love it. Like I love Christmas music, especially the ones about Jesus. Just my favorite songs. I don't know. I don't know what that says so about no, me as a person. I, I like love Amy Grant even still. It's totally <laughs> left over, and I've just embraced it. Like I tweet, I Instagrammed a picture. I'm like, I'm baking you gluten for Eucharist bread right now. I'm listening to Amy Grant Unguarded, so don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, what aspects of Christian culture do you actually partake in? What do you like? I think that I, I mean, I'm a, I grew up preacher's kid in Arkansas, so like total Bible Belt, Southern Baptist, um, so I was like immersed in that, and I went along with it, like really pretty thoroughly in a lot, well, I was pretty, I was kind of cranky too, like I'm like, why do we do this, where does the Bible say this, but you know, I was like trying to, you know, make my parents like me, I guess, it didn't really work, but... Um, <laughs> So, I, th- I mean, just all of it is just dumb, you know? Like, I think that Jesus was just a weirdo, like, the whoever he was. Like, he w- he freaked everybody out and, you know, d- you know, compelled people and drew them to him. In the end, they killed him because he was so weird, you know, and threatening, and uh, obviously, on some level. So I just have to think that, you know, the, whoever Jesus actually was, there's something really, really messy about it. And, you know, scary and, um, you know, just a new concept that he was new economy of where you forgive your enemies and love your neighbor and um, turn the other cheek. So um, I, I just think that all that Christian culture stuff is just coated with, you know, the commercial slime, you know, it just feels like a big, you know, you know, E entertainment network channel commercial. <laughs> when I look at that stuff, you know, we got to be rocking. We got to have hot wives. It's all about image. Got to bring the kids in. So, yeah. I, yeah. Have, a, <laughs> I have a question for you. If if you found out tomorrow, beyond a shadow of a, doubt, of a doubt, that there was no human person that we know is Jesus Christ, would that change much of your outlook? Because, I mean, you know, the, we I would still have the messages from... It might, you know. I, I mean, but at the same time, like, I, I think, I hope that I would go to, like, well, what's the concept of love? You know, what is, you know, this has been powerful for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the concept of forgiveness, you know, there's something to that where, you know, if you don't forgive somebody for something that it really can't eat at you, like, you know, maybe more a psychological um, concept. So I think that I hope that I would, you know, be able, I try to hold all this openly, you know, I try to be like, well, this could be totally wrong. I just want to like kind of, 
be loose with it and always be open to changing my mind about it. Because well, I think, like I said, like when you get so certain and convinced mm-hmm. that, you know, this mystical thing is correct, I think that's where some bad stuff can really start to happen. Well, it's like the people who say, if it weren't for Jesus, if it weren't for God, if it weren't for my religion, I would be stealing or killing or raping. raping and, and that's pillaging. just uh, horrifying. What a horrifying you know, con- I don't What a terrible thing to think people. about yourself. <laughs> You don't think those people would actually do that? I think that, that they would be, like, severely depressed and normal, you know, or way happier and normal, you know? Like, I think, uh, I feel like I know so many people in Christian culture who are are just, like, the depression is just right under the surface, but they're, like, trying not to think about it all the time. I just, I feel like they might use their, their Christian culture as a way not to connect with whatever darkness is roiling inside, you know? I just feel like I know... You know, I have some relatives that, quote, can't control their children because they don't want their children to, you know, grow up and live with their boyfriend before they get married. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's, you know, and that sort of thing really bums them out. And I'm like, you're just holding too tightly to it. So yeah. um, I think it's that fear of critical thought that that really gets people in trouble. Do you think there's something about the Christian culture that you're really not allowed to be, not allowed to, like, be outwardly unhappy? Like, you're supposed to go to church, and you're oh. supposed to be joyful, and yes. you're supposed to have, and it doesn't 100%. allow for people to have regular yeah, emotions? I have a post on that, where they just, it's actually, I have the picture for that on my blog, is for that post is, you know, stuff Christian culture likes is acting happy, and I have the Austins together, <laughs> Joel and Victoria, you know, with their, you know, Velveeta cream cheese smile or whatever, and, and I've heard so, I've heard so many of my friends say to their kids, have a happy heart like Jesus if their kid is acting sad. And I will bark from across the room. Jesus was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, which is, you know, passage from Isaiah. But, you know, I was like, he wasn't happy. Like, you guys want to believe he's happy. Like, I feel like they want this to be the opiate of masses. And what? you know what? Like, yeah, not necessarily. So, What will we discover first? A picture of Bigfoot or a picture of Joel Osteen not smiling? Ooh, good one. I don't know. There's lots of pictures of Bigfoot. I don't think there are any of Joel Osteen smiling. <laughs> um, I should point out, uh, all the stuff we're talking about, it really isn't just making fun of this stuff. It is highlighting what Christian culture may be like. But you, uh, from your Facebook feed and from your Twitter feed, it seems like a lot of other Christians, and they are outwardly Christian, they are evangelical and they don't mm-hmm. like the culture, they actually get a lot of healing from the sort of thing you do. Mm. What, what sort of things I hear have you that heard? a lot. It's so nice. It is really, really nice because, and I think it goes back to having to act happy all the time. And in my Facebook feed, I'm like, I'm like, I will not delete any comments. I will not ban any users. Mm. I've only banned one person. That's because he got physically threatening and weird. I think he had like a traumatic brain injury or something. But anyway, like I'm like, I will let you say whatever you need to say. Like, like because you weren't allowed to do it in Christian culture, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that you know, being part of being a whole person is like embracing your sadness and your anger. So you know, that's uh, it needs to be there. Jesus got pissed. Like he tore up the temple. And I feel like Christian culture is like that's okay that Jesus did that, but don't you do it, you know? So have you ever heard that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> have you ever heard of um, that Mormon women have a saying called stay, uh, stay sweet? It's kind of along the same thing of how just oh. Christians in general, but I, I in um, Karen Stallstown's book, which I just read last week, they would like hang up, uh, like hang up pictures that say stay sweet. And that's, it's that idea of like, you're always, always present. Happy. You're always happy. You're always there for your husband. Oh, and that sounds gracious. exhausting. I believe to me. it. I read, and I, and I can't, I'm so sad. I'm blanking on her name right now. But it was um, a woman who whose dad was a high priest in the Mormon Church, and she escaped. You know, you know, mm-hmm. got out somehow. But um, it was just she was so severely depressed 
because they weren't allowed to have any other emotions than just being so happy. And, um, yeah, I believe that. I think that does a lot of damage. Uh, one exhausting. of the, it would be uh, one of the questions Jessica and I were chatting about uh, before we got on the phone with you, Stephanie, is when a lot of these Christians, you know, tweet these things or they're in church and, you know, always happy uh, or singing the songs with the sort of I've been in some of these churches. They sing with this enthusiasm. Their hands are in the air and wave, great songs because, uh, of course, they're all great songs. <laughs> they're all hot wives and great songs. <laughs> Um, how much of it? How much of it is they genuinely, sincerely feel those emotions, and how much of it is I gotta keep up with the you know this other guy in the church who also has a hot wife, Christian so I gotta James. say this stuff. Mm-hmm. How much of it is keeping up with other Christians and playing the part, and how much is actually sincere? Like I, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I I can say that for myself, I was always feeling the pressure to act like I was involved and I liked the music and that I was moved by it and. I have the kind of personality where I would just sit there and not mm-hmm. do anything. Like I refuse to stand up or raise my hand, you know, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't know how many other people were, are genuinely feeling it. Like, I think some people really do feel it. And, but I know a lot of people, there's no way because <laughs> that music is like so annoying sometimes. Like what if you're just in a bad mood? Like why, why would you, you know, yeah. be able to, to, for that to resonate with you? And, it, you know, I think people are just so used to pretending at that point. So that's just so annoying. Well, and I think <laughs> Knock it off, you know. <laughs> why, why is everyone so so afraid of being sad? Come on. Yeah. Well, and I think in my experience anyway, <laughs> there's just something about knowing what we're all going to do. We're all going to do this together. Like some of the most uncomfortable moments of my life were in a Catholic church, not because I was in a church, but if you've ever been to a Catholic service, there's you stand up now, you sit down now, and you kneel the now, church and you say this. Yeah, exactly. And yes. I, the first time I went to a Catholic service, I was singing in the choir. And everybody was standing up and sitting down, and I was so uncomfortable because I didn't know what I was supposed to do, and I felt like I stood out. And there's something really kind of nice once in a while of, like, we're all going to do this, and we're all going to do that together, and we're You're part of a community. You're part of a community. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's a definite, like, a community vibe. You know, people are desperate for community. Like, if they Mm -hmm. see someone who kind of has a strong voice, they'll be like, okay, I mean... I'll, I'll go towards that. I mean, we're all, that's human nature. Like yeah. we, we tend to be like sheep-like in that way, you know, herd mentality in some ways. So that's not limited um, to religion yeah. in any way. I'm sure there's comfort <laughs> in it as well as, you know, you just get to check out. You don't have to think too hard and but well, that's where it gets dangerous. I think. Well, deferring to authority is also nice. Doing. This guy says a thing. That's true. And he's smiling. So it must be true. And he's waving his arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you he said happy and he's super rich. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus wanted. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like Jesus said, <laughs> you uh, you said you're kind of you're not you don't call yourself a Christian, but you're not quite an atheist or anything like that. Did that change? Did that uh, non-label come because of what you saw with the Christian culture, or did the did you always feel <laughs> that way for a while, and then this Christian culture stuff came later? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I go to a church, and I've had a lot of difficulty, though. I, I've, I've changed churches in the past few years and um, because of this sort of thing. Like, um, just like, I think you guys are too certain of what you're doing. You know, I think you guys mm-hmm. think that you're definitely right, and I'm not cool with that, you know? So right now I'm at a church that, that kind of is, is totally open and, and, and graceful towards my agnosticism. And, um, you know, I, I call myself an agnostic, but I... I was reading Vonnegut recently and he called himself a Christ worshiping agnostic. And I'm like, that really <laughs> resonates with me because, you know, like I said, I mean, Jesus said a lot of awesome stuff and um, it was for peace and helping and love and stuff. So, 
um, I feel it feels pretentious to say, but it's also like the most accurate thing to say, I think, <laughs> now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just just studying, you know, the the Christian culture, kind of calling it out and being like, I don't want to be in these people's in the same category as these assholes. And um, the fact, too, that my parents, you know, my dad's a, a Southern Baptist minister and, you know, he, he my parents aren't super, you know, involved. They, they disowned me and my brother and my sister, like all of us. So I'm like, that's not very Christianly. I, I just want to take a break from being part of that, you know, absolute label, that category right now. So, do you find um, do you yeah, find that I'm the um, do you find that the issue is with Christians as a mass or on on individual basis? Like when you meet like um, just a Christian person, you know, are you like, oh no, we have stuff in common, we can talk. Yeah. I feel like there is so much movement. If I can talk to just one person, mm-hmm. I feel like when you kind of speak in mass, and I, I get criticism on my self Christian culture likes page for there being herd mentality, you know, sure. where people are too protective of me. And um, I, could, I totally understand that because once that happens, you're kind of recreating fundamentalism. But if you can just talk to one person one on one, you can kind of, you know, find common ground and you're like, oh, I actually kind of like you, you know. Right. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> so. There's, that's been my there's something too. to it where I, I feel like if if we could do that on an individual basis, I think a lot of a lot of ground could get covered. But it just it doesn't feel that way, you know. It's like you know we want to be part of a big a big mass culture. So I think that's why these big world religions and type, types of things, sports teams even, are are so prominent for people. Oh yeah. And we're just drawn to them. Stephanie, I think the reason I even found out about you in the first place is because you wrote this brilliant review of Mark Driscoll's book, Real Marriage. And I got to read to you from what you wrote there. You said, the writings of Mark Driscoll delight me in the way Tommy Wiseau's movie The Room delights me, which is the same way George W. Bush's Fool Me Once, Shame on You, quote, delights me, which is the same way the Miss Teen America contestant talking about maps and the Iraq delights me. (laughs) What was it about that book that was so awful for you? Well, you know what? I actually think that, okay, I think that that, I was reviewing the book, his book called Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs> but I mean, not that, not to defend his real marriage book. That was also an abysmal book. All My apologies is for that, so yeah. Gross. But he, I mean, he makes these horrible sweeping statements like, um, like, you know, in a pinch, you could do all your counseling out of the book of Ephesians. You know, like, who the fuck says something like that? You know, like, I have been in, in, in psychological counseling and group settings where you do not want someone to be late counseled by some unqualified pastor from the book of Ephesians, which uh-huh. is, you know, Paul. I'm jury's out on that guy. Anyway, so it's like, like who makes these sweeping statements to such a large audience, you know, so... He just um, has such an agenda, just, you know, snake oil salesman kind of thing. And, and people fall for it. I mean, he's got massive, massive followers. And I'm, I'm grateful that his empire seems to be cracking. Yeah, it seems a like bit. a lot of his uh, yeah. pastors are now leaving the church and they're speaking out. <sighs> yeah, thank God for that. Like, it, I, would, I would love to think I have just like a tiniest part in that. You know? <laughs> You're <laughs> actually bring it down because it's so creepy. It's just cult like, you know, you actually have a Twitter feed uh, called, you know, at fake Mark Driscoll. <laughs> and what was the yeah, what was the impetus Driscoll. behind that? Um, I, you know, I started that just kind of to make fun of him. And I didn't I, I was it's kind of like something to do while I was bored on my commute. You know, I didn't have a big <laughs> agenda that um 
I was listening to a lot of his sermons and going, oh, this guy's the worst because, you know, he's out of Seattle where I'm from, and I had a lot of friends who were going there, and I'm just thinking, dear God, this guy is, is uh, he's like, this is Jonestown all over again. So I was listening <laughs> to enough of his sermons where I started to be like, I'm like, oh, I bet I could tweet in his voice just to get some rage <laughs> out, you know. So, you know, I started, you know, tweeting things like, well, you know, it's tomorrow's Grace's weigh-in. His wife's name is Grace. You know, her weigh-in's tomorrow. And, you know, she's been hitting the hitting the treadmill, so I'm feeling pretty good about the number we're going to see on the scale. And people are like, oh, my gosh, I thought that was really Mark Driscoll. That's something he would say. I'm like, I know, right? Like, this is how ridiculous it is. Mars so, Hill's Mars Hill Church actually got upset with you about that Twitter feed, right? <laughs> they did. They, they emailed me with, like, all this legalese and, and were saying, you know, Stephanie, you are allowed to have this Twitter account, but... You know, I just, we need you to make it absolutely clear that it is a fake Twitter account. And I'm like, it's called fake Driscoll. I don't know what else to tell you. It's in the name there. <laughs> they were trying to, yeah, they tried to puff themselves up and blah, 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 but. In, in addition to some of Mark Driscoll's pastors kind of uh, blowing the whistle and former Mars Hill members blowing the whistle on what was going on at that church, Driscoll himself actually seems to be on a social media break right mm-hmm. now because I think even he realized he just causes more trouble when he says stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know when he's coming back, uh, but what do you think? I, know, I mean, is I, that I helpful? I kind of miss him. I mean, I, it's really hard to make fun of him when he's not <laughs> not tweeting his stupid shit anymore. But um, yeah, they finally like took it away from him. So <laughs> like, me- I'm pretty sure that was like a you know he was pouting and his PR team is like. Like, Mark, you're just making it worse. He's like, no, I don't see one. <laughs> like, that's just that's the scenario in my head. Is that's that, a play uh, waiting to happen like, right there. I kind of rested away from him and changed the password or something. I want to go back to something you said. You said you know, the fake Mark Driscoll Twitter account came about because you were listening to his sermons a bunch. So you might do something that I do every now and then, which is you subscribe to some of these podcasts or you listen to these sermons <laughs> for the sole purpose of getting upset. Cause I do that. I do that a lot. There are some churches where I subscribe to their podcast and they, they, I get download their sermons every week. And it's like, what do I want to do during my commute? I need road rage. Let me turn one of them on because I know they're going to say something that just pisses me off. I don't know how you do that. I get like hate reading things. I hate read things a lot. But podcasts, I feel like I don't need people talking in my ear. I'm currently reading a book called uh, by Tim LaHaye, Uh uh, the guy who wrote Left Behind, one of the ones. And it's called The Unhappy Homosexual. So oh you, know, you know, know this is going to be full of good stuff. I Finally, mean, somebody's writing that book. I right? know. We're all thinking. <laughs> right. And it's written in oh. the 70s, too. So there is no political, <laughs> there's no desire to be politically correct. And it's funny because oh sometimes some of these churches will upload, you know, podcast, uh, will upload sermons from uh-huh. years ago. And like I have some from, you know, like Willow Creek, which is in the suburbs of Chicago, huge yeah. church, when they're talking about gay people. Mm-hmm. And again, there is no desire to be politically correct. They say the nastiest <laughs> things that they even they know they couldn't get away with it today. But whatever, ten oh, years wow. ago they could probably get away I would with love it. To hear that. And they deleted oh, it from their like their system <laughs> yeah, because they don't idiots. they don't want people to get it. But I still have it on iTunes because yeah. I didn't delete it. Oh, so. you should transcribe nice it. I should. I should. I'll get on that. <laughs> oh, we should do a dramatic reading of it. Oh my god. Yeah. I'll be Bill Hybels. You, you can also be Bill. We'll all be Bill Hybels, and all we'll a repeat bit that. Bill yes. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, do you think you actually have more Christian? fans, Christian readers of your feeds, of your Twitter, Facebook accounts? Or do you think more atheists listen to you because you're kind of 
reiterating a lot of the things we tend to think about Christians, fairly or unfairly. Yeah, I you know, I kind of think that most of the Christians who follow me are hate watching me like like we do to Mars Hill and, and <laughs> okay. to Willow Creek podcast. Um I, I know that a lot of them just watch me just to get mad but kinda of go, Oh, you know, who like probably how Republicans watch the Daily Show or something. Right. I don't know where they're saying about us, you know. But um I, I just I it's hard to get a read on it. I just like to think that you know, it'd be great. I, I do get emails sometimes of people going, I used to be really conservative or I used to go to Mars Hill. And since, you know, keeping up with your stuff, I've left that and I'm thinking differently now. So that's, I really like that. That feels good. That's yeah, actually an interesting point because one of the conversations we had in the atheist community mm-hmm. is, you know, does mockery play a role in when we're talking about religion? Because, you know, you could say, let me mock religion. Let me make I've... fun of it. And a lot of people will say, well, don't make fun of it. If you want to go after the arguments, go after the, the arguments and stuff, but why mm-hmm. disrespect it like that? Why make fun of it? And the argument's like, no, if you can make fun of it, people will learn that it's okay to criticize those beliefs. Well, you can't be too precious about it. Yeah. You know, like if you're yeah. so precious you can't ever criticize or talk about something, then, I mean, that's not okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, like wh- I think that um, if I think that's exactly what is is so interesting about, about I guess there, there's a difference between like sarcasm and parody, I suppose, or making fun satire. of someone and satirizing them. I, you know, I think there are subtle differences where where some are a little bit more playful than the other. But it, it kind of goes back to if you are so sure that your religion is right, then why are you freaking out about us questioning it? Yeah. You know. Um, so I feel like that growing up in the church, you're kind of like the big forbidden thing was don't you dare question it or mm-hmm. God will be mad. And now I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, you know what, if God's out there, then he or she isn't going to mind me questioning it because they're so big that why would they be threatened by a question? So I tell my kids, I'm like, you don't listen to anything I say about God. You're anyone, anyone says you listen to yourself and mm-hmm. your heart. You know, you right. think you check in with yourself and, and you resonate with what's in there, you know, Pres- because presumably- I think that's where where religion is horribly wrong when you try to tell people to ignore their instincts and not question. Yeah. So, Presumably yeah, your kids go to the same... And being, being able to be playful with it and mock it, you know? Presumably your kids go to the same church you do, and I wonder, what would happen? <laughs> what would your reaction be if they, they started doing some of the things within Christian culture that you just cringe when you when oh. you see it. Are you afraid of that happening? Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, that would be the best way for them to rebel is if they like get purity rings and <laughs> oh say God. they're waiting till marriage. And, <laughs> and by the way, they're five when they say this and they're wearing their rings. <laughs> that would be the best way to, to freak me out, yeah. <laughs> Mom, we're rebelling against you. I'm never having sex until marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play in the worship band, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's every every parent's nightmare. <laughs> I know. It's actually uh, it, it, what's really funny is, uh, you know, you you said you're an agnostic, but I could very easily see you uh, if you were a Christian doing all these things because you feel like the Christian culture is taking away from a faith you really love, um, and that means so much to you. Which which in a sense it kind of is. I mean. Mm-hmm. You feel these people are ruining something that means so much to you. Uh, do you yeah. think someone who is within that culture um, could do what you're doing? Do you think there are people within that culture who could say, all right, this is the stuff we do that's just kind of ridiculous to any outsider. We need to be aware of it. Do you mm-hmm. think that that thought goes through their heads? You know what? I do. I, I um, have a lot of 
several friends, I say a lot, you know, maybe a couple dozen people who I know through Stuff Christian Culture Likes who do attend, like, evangelical churches, and they'll message me, and they're like, yeah, my church does cheesy things like you like you talk about, but there's something about it that keeps me going back. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, as long as you can discern what's cheese and what is meaningful mm-hmm. to you and, and doesn't hurt, you know, penalize people groups, like, you know, gay people or poor people, like, like just keep those straight in your head is what I would say and go, yeah, them putting their hands up while they're worshiping. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And that's kind of weird, but whatever. I'll let them do it. I feel like that's, you know, how, I think there's some value in that too. I feel like that's how people I know talk about reality TV. Like I know it's terrible, <laughs> but I like it. And so I'm going to keep oh, watching. It. I know. No, I'm one of those people. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to watch like five minutes of keeping up with the Kardashians. Six oh, hours later. Oh my God. I can't stop watching this. I hate them. <laughs> oh God. It's hate watching. It's back to that. And that lady, Ladies and gentlemen, is how Kim Kardashian and God have been connected. <laughs> oh, Finally. God. No, please, please. She's no, been no, doing no. that in her head for years. <laughs> that was off the record, no. <laughs> well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank uh, you. you. can read more about Stephanie at uh, her website. Is You could go to Facebook and go to Stuff Christian Culture Likes. Or on Twitter, she is at Stuff CC Likes as well. Uh, thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Hemant Mehta. This is Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. And if you like what you're hearing uh, and you want to see us keep doing more of this, feel free to go to Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's he And we will see you next time. Thank you so much, Stephanie.